Welcome to the Coming Home Well podcast, the show that educates, supports, and advocates for the veteran community. Your host, Dr. Tyler Piron, U.S. Army retired, will bring you exciting conversations with amazing guests about resources, research, and military history, all geared to helping our warriors to come home well. Here's your host, Dr. Tyler Piron. Welcome to Coming Home Well. I'm your host, Tyler Piron, and today we are going to be talking about bees. Are we really going to be talking about bees? Tyler, what the heck do you mean? We are going to be talking about beekeeping for veterans, and whether it's for honey or for pollination, bees are everywhere. But beekeeping is actually pretty cool. We're going to have a rabbi, Rabbi Mattis Stebbin. He's going to come in and he's going to talk with us as he created something called Beekeeping for Veterans. It's a wellness program that targets veterans with PTSD by combining beekeeping with mindful meditation. Now, we've talked about mindful meditation before, but now beekeeping, it sort of gets you in the groove. It'll all make sense, I promise. The rabbi grew up in San Diego, California, and he loves the military culture, the veterans, the stories, the whole thing. And after graduating high school, he worked and studied in Israel for three years. Then he met his wife and they moved to Vancouver, Canada to work and start a family. Then he moved to Toronto, where they live today. But back in 2014, he started beekeeping as a hobby. And as a fun activity for him and his family, just to get with nature. And he totally loved it. He loved it so much, he started to take university courses and then proceeded to connect with beekeepers from around the globe. And in 2020, he launched Beekeeping for Veterans after running a trial program in an addiction rehab facility. Many of the participants in the program were veterans suffering from PTSD, and they reported that they felt calmer with clearer minds, and an overall feeling of inner well-being. Now, that's an important thing. It's sort of like that Zen thing we've talked about. Beekeeping for Veterans has two bottom lines. They have a social impact, which is helping veterans with PTSD, and an environmental impact to put more bees in the world, as one of every four bites we eat is due to pollinators. No bees, no food. Welcome to the show, Rabbi Stebbin. Thank you so much. That was a great introduction. I have a lot of friends that do beekeeping. And so when I learned that you were going to be on the show, I was like, oh, this is so cool because I have all these friends and they do beekeeping, but they're doing it because either they're farmers or they have a lot of flowers or a fruit orchard or something like that. You don't have to have an apple orchard or a whole bunch of land to be a beekeeper, do you? No, not at all. I mean, beekeeping is a great hobby. That's how I got into it. I just wanted something else to do. And I found that it was a great activity to do with my family, teenagers at the time. And also I found when I was beekeeping, I'd just be so calm and so relaxed. And it was just a great feeling, which hopefully we'll discuss it more later on in the show. It would seem to me that bees could probably sense when you're upset or if you're not in a good mood or if you're doing something that would agitate them. So how calm do you have to be to be around the bees and... Not get stung. Oh, 100%. I think bees are like a mirror. So, you know, if you approach a beehive and you're in a bad mood, well, guess what? Those bees are also going to be in a, a bad mood. And I talk about this in my program that, you know, three things happen when someone bee keeps. What are they? Number one, you have to be calm. If you're not calm, the bees are not calm. 
Number two is you have to be mindful of your movements. When you open up a beehive, and keep in mind, a beehive is it's basically a box with between, you know, 30 to 50,000 bees in it. You just go in there like an animal and bump things around and move things around. With those bees, they're not going to be happy. They're not going to be your friends. Now, if done right, if beekeeping is done right, what happens after that is you get this amazing rush of adrenaline. And it's positive adrenaline, not negative adrenaline. So many people turn to drugs and alcohols and other negative things for that rush. But, you know, when you beekeep, it just comes natural. So three things happen. Calmness, you're mindful, and you get this rush of adrenaline. These three, three, these three things definitely help anyone, especially veterans, to have PTSD. And that's why I started the program. You started beekeeping as a hobby, and you realize, I bet other people could benefit from this, not just the fact that they enjoy beekeeping. Although, I would imagine that the startup costs for this as a hobby aren't too crazy. I mean, I mean, imagine you would need some boxes and some bees, and if you are fairly handy, you could probably build the boxes. And I've seen the various beekeepers with the boxes and the different combs and the, and the setups, but I guess you don't need a whole lot of stuff to get started, do you? You don't need too much. I mean, yeah, you do have the, I would say, buy the hives, don't make the hives. It's just more easier if you're not a handyman. And a hive, two boxes, the bee frames, bees, this protective suit. You have a, a hive tool, it's called, to manipu excuse me, manipulate the hives and a smoker. And you're good to go. But all in, I would say it's between $600 to $1,000, depending on how high end you want to go. Next question is uh, space. Do you have the space to have a hive on your property? You'd have to, I'd say, talk to your neighbors, of course, to see if they're, if you're, if you're in, a, in the suburbs, at least. Now, if that's the case, also, let's say if someone cannot have a beehive, but they still want to do the program. So I'd reach out to the local beekeeping community of wherever a person lives and look for a volunteer that could have a hive for a veteran. Right. I, I definitely think people would want to do that. I am a non-for-profit. I'm a charity. If I need to get tax receipts for that, I definitely would. But, you know, I'm willing to go that extra mile to help a veteran, you know, experience beekeeping. I've watched a lot of TV in my time, as we all have, and I've seen all sorts of the craziness. And the biggest scary thing is when you go and watch a show and there's a beehive or on some renovation or HGTV show. And so they call in experts to remove it. And these people are so used to messing with bees. They're not wearing a suit. They barely have anything at all. They barely even have a smoker or anything. And they're just taking the wall out and then looking for the queen to remove it. Is that because they've got like that Zen-like calm as they're going in? Is that the reason the rea bees react so well? Yes and no. Yes. Number one, if again, if, if you're calm, the bees won't know you're there at all. But eventually they might know that you are there and they might come around and might sting you. Now a sting just feels like a, a pinch, I would say. It doesn't hurt so, so much. But those are professionals. You know, hobbyists are not professionals. So I, I definitely would say when you start, wear a suit wear protective gloves, wear your veil, you know, and it took me about two years to when I stopped using gloves, I actually was speaking to a very old uh, German beekeeper. And he says, you know, Matthias, why do you wear gloves? He said, if you take your gloves off and take your suit off, you're going to have a much more calming experience. And to me, that was counterintuitive. Like, well, what do you mean? I'm protecting myself. He says, no, no, no. You're going to be much more sensitive when you go in there. If you don't have gloves on, you're going to be aware. You're going to be conscious of what you're doing. And the bees will sense you calm and they're going to be calm to you as well. So I always say, you know, when you're first beginning, 
please protect yourself. As you get more experienced, of course, yeah, go ahead and, you know, take off your gloves, take off your suit. When I beekeep, I just have a veil on just to protect my face. And it's an amazing experience. It adds to that experience. No, it makes perfect sense because we give off pheromones and bees communicate with pheromones. So if you're giving off the angry stress vibe, the bees are going to be a little stressed too. So if I'm a veteran and if I'm interested in, I think I would like to learn how to be a beekeeper and it's okay to do in my area, how would I even get started with beekeeping? Yeah, so our program, sign up. Our program is we're going to get you all the bees, the equipment, everything you need. We also have an online course that takes you, takes you through A to Z on how to be a beekeeper, what to do, what not to do. We also have mentorship when it comes to beekeeping. We have people in your time zone that you could call and say, look, my hive is doing this. And we'll say, okay, don't worry about it or do this. Or look, let's do a WhatsApp video and walk you through all the steps, what to do. So we want to make sure that you're successful in beekeeping. So it's not just like, hey, you're on your own. Here's a hive and some bees. Good luck. So what is the course like and how long is it? Yeah, so it's actually uh, it's 12 videos. Those 12 videos take you through all the steps from what your equipment is, how to use your equipment. When you pick up your bees, most likely you're going to drive between an hour to two to a bee breeder. There are breeders, breeders out there that actually breed bees for a living. That's what they do. You're going to pick up your bees in a box, put it in your car and drive back. Now, how do you do that? How do you do it successfully, right? You don't, you don't want your bees flying around your car when you're uh, driving home, right? And no, you don't. That would be very, very scary. Just the stress of knowing I have 20,000 bees in the car. I would be driving the most careful I've ever been. And then how to put them into your hive. And then how to maintain that hive. What are the best practices of beekeeping? And we go into that and it's a very in-depth course a very thorough course that you will be 100% confident beekeeping once you go through that course. We also have once a month meeting where we'll do a Zoom meeting because there's going to be veterans from all over North America. And half of that meeting will be dedicated to beekeeping. And the other half will be doing a live mindful meditation as well. So let's talk about that. Beekeeping, meditation, they seemingly don't go well together, but you make it work. So how do you make it work? A hundred percent. So, you know, that's what most people are saying. Like, wait, wait, Matas, slow down here. Slow down. PTSD, bees flying around, potential stings. Are you sure about this? Do you know what you're doing? So, yeah. So can I just talk about first the history of beekeeping and veterans? Because it actually dates back to World War One and World War Two When veterans came back from the war, the U.S. government gave veterans beehives to deal with shell shock, believe it or not. They also gave it to veterans because it would help them get back into society. They can maintain something. It could be something they could look after. It's a good project. Get them more involved in society. Veterans reported back, well, when I beekeeped, they just felt good. They felt calm and they felt like they could hear their thoughts. So the government looked into this and they really pumped in a lot of bees to veterans. They gave out a lot of hives to the point there where about uh, about a month ago, I received a call from a veteran, military. He was a Marines. His father was a Vietnam veteran. His father got into beekeeping. U.S. government gave him his first hives. 
his father has passed on already. And uh, he had about a hundred hives he wanted to donate to me. Fortunately, he's in California. I'm over here, but he told me the whole story about his father when he had a bad day. He'd just go sit by his hives, have a beer, just relax watching the bees. So let's get it more into it. So one of my board members, Eric Grandin, he's a beekeeper in West Virginia. He actually runs a beekeeping program for veterans in the local VA where he lives. He's taught over 700 veterans how to beekeep. For him, he always says, you know, for 20 years, he was taught how to make war, but he was never taught how to make peace. For the first time in his life, once he started beekeeping, he felt peaceful. So that's his story. But there's also other organizations throughout America. There's three or four of them that also, they specialize in beekeeping for veterans, actually. My course actually goes one step further. It's just not beekeeping. It also combines mindfulness. And why do I want to do that? Let's get to that point now. So beekeeping, of course, when you beekeep, again, calm, mindfulness, positive adrenaline, everyone needs that. But once you walk away from the hive, how long does that feeling last, right? So I figured, you know what? I want to give tools to the veterans. If they're already going to take the, my course, let me give, give them more tools to really better their life, right? Let them look inside themselves and get back into society the way they, the way they should be. And that's why I want to combine beekeeping and mindfulness practices. I can certainly see the calmness and the breathing techniques and being surrounded by bees because my natural inclination, the natural reaction is, oh my God, I'm surrounded by bees. I'm going to get stung and you freak out. But that isn't what you want to do when you're beekeeping. You want to have those calm, slow breaths. Is it sort of the repetition of encountering the bees, going to the hive? You get to know them. You know the bees. It's not some random yellow jackets, which are the devil. Bees are pretty gentle creatures, aren't they? These are very gentle. Yeah, these are gentle until you mess with them really violently, but they're very gentle. They don't want to harm. And keep in mind, if they do sting, they die. So they really don't want to sting you. So, and usually when I get stung, it's because I do, if I do something stupid, that's the only reason why I get stung. They don't get very aggressive with me, at least. As a warning, there are different genetics of bees. And sometimes you do get some bees genetically that are more violent. So those type of bees, we try not to get. And most bee breeders will not sell those types of bees. But overall, you know, bees are pretty calm, pretty calm. I mean, you will get stung from time to time. Now, I find that the, the best remedy for a bee sting is pick any four-letter word and just scream it as loud as you can. You know, and that, that helps everything. You know, and you can apply that not just to bee stings, but other areas of your life as well. Yeah, I mean, like peace, that type of word. Peace, love. I don't know what four-letter words you're thinking about, but... Uh... I was thinking joy. Oh, wait, that's only three letters. A math in public. Gosh, got me again. You started this beekeeping and then you brought it out to this program and it had a lot of veterans in it. And you said, you know, this probably has some magic in it. You started out with addiction rehab and there's a lot of comorbidities with PTSD and using drugs to self-medicate. But until you get to the core of issue of whatever's going on internally, things just don't change. Mindfulness is such an important part of that because understanding who you are, where you're at and what you're feeling is so essential but I'm kind of curious, how does mindfulness and beekeeping sort of merge together to make this very special relationship happen? Yeah, definitely. So there's so many life lessons you can learn from the beehive. 
So for instance, relationship, relationships, number one is relationships in a beehive, you know, 30,000 bees, all those bees get along. How do they get along? You know, they all have jobs. They all respect each other. There's a hierarchy, but they have to, number one, respect. They respect themselves and they respect others. There's independence in a beehive, you know, just like a soldier is on a mission by himself. A bee goes out every day. They go looking for nectar, which they bring back to the hive looking for honey. So too, there's independence too. When we come back, when a soldier comes back, they have to be independent as well. And sometimes it's very hard for them. So we have to teach them, you know, how to be independent once again. And then there's connection. You know, there's one queen in a hive and all those bees are connected to her and she's connected to all of them. How do we connect with our loved ones once we come back? And especially if you have a PTSD injury. So those are some of the life lessons we can learn from, from the hive. And these are some of the things that we delve into in our program. So part of the program is once a week, I don't think we spoke about this, once a week, the mindfulness program is I have a mindfulness coach that sends out a 10 to 15 minute mindfulness meditation. That will go out and veterans can listen to that and then work with themselves throughout the week, week by week by week, getting more and more tools. So it's a continuous process of both beekeeping support, but also really kind of life support. 100%. That's what, it's, that's what the program's uh, designed to do. Beekeeping as a calming tool, a grounding tool, and then mindfulness to work on emotional tools, work on areas that we have to get better in, truly discover who we really are in order to turn whatever is holding us back into a, into a, a tool to push us forward. So I want to talk about the bees a little bit more because I know that there's different kinds of bees that people keep. And usually when we talk about bees, we're talking about honeybees, the traditional ones that go and make the hives with the honey and you go get the honey out. And I've seen the tools and all the stuff. They always have a demonstration at our local fair every year and they bring live bees and they come and go and they've got all the honey there. And I always think it's pretty cool to see the tools that they use to get the honey off the comb and they put it in the machine to get the honey to flow out. But there's honeybees and then there's other types of bees that also are kept, aren't there? Well, there's mason bees. Sure. So mason bees do not produce honey. There's only five types of bees that produce honey. But mason bees are amazing pollinators, actually are better pollinators than honeybees. So people will keep mason bees. There is a trend to keep uh, bumblebees. It's pretty difficult to do that. But uh, some people like to do that. Do they even have a hive? I've never even thought about it. You always see one at a time. Yeah, bumblebees actually, they burr themselves into the ground and they build a little hive there where they just lay their eggs. I don't know too much about bumblebees, but I think they live by themselves. They're solitary insects. Okay, so they don't have a hive like honeybees and the other bees do. Yeah, that is correct. So beekeeping for veterans, you focus on honeybees, you focus on that. That's what you use. Mm -hmm. Only honeybees. And there's so much more out of a hive that you get than honey. It's also propolis. So propolis, bees are fascinating because uh, they'll go around and they'll scrape up against trees and get the sap from trees, or the resin from trees. And they'll bring it back to their hive, mix it with some saliva and use that to fill up cracks in their hive. That's called propolis. Now propolis is extremely healthy. Uh, it's very healthy to the individual. I, I spoke to you yesterday saying I'm sick. I have a cold. I don't know if I can come on your podcast. So for the last 24 hours, I've been taking propolis and you know, I woke up today like a spring chicken. Feel great. So extremely beneficial from a health perspective. 
Bees also collect pollen when, they, when they're out there. And pollen is also very good, high in vitamin B and DNA, all the essentials. Uh, you could eat that as well. And I mean, we spoke about stings. There is something called the uh, bee venom therapy. Bee venom is also very, very um, healthy for a person. I'm not a practitioner. I'm not a doctor. I can only speak from uh, my own experiences. But I know someone, a good buddy of mine has Lyme's disease. He used to spend about $20,000 a year on medication. Now he just gets stung by bees, 30 stings once a month, believe it or not. And he's off his medication, feels great. I'll be honest, that sounds insane to me, but whatever works, that's actually my nightmare. Being stung repeatedly with a swarm or something. Yeah, not a swarm. So how does he even get 30 stings? Does he put 30 bees in a jar and then shake them all up until they all start stinging you? Actually, what they do, he has a contraption. What he, do, what he does, he actually collects 30 bees at a time. And with tweezers, he'll just take a bee, put it on his back, and, they, and he stings himself just like that. Believe it or not, as crazy as it sounds, I also know people who have arthritis. And just through getting stung once or twice, arthritis goes away. It's pretty fascinating. I have heard all sorts of natural homeopathic cures that work, and so I'm a believer. I've tried different things, and the neat thing about medicine is it might work great for one person and it may not work for another, but certainly if it works for you, it's working, and that's the important thing. So beekeeping for veterans. So if you're like me and I could probably put up a honey beehive, what do I need to do? Where do I get started? Who do I contact? How do I get into this? Excellent question. So yeah, go to my website www.beekeepingforveterans.com. You can read all about the program, what it takes, contact me for any questions. You know, next spring we'll, we'll be sending out hives to all the new participants and we'll get you going, we'll get you started. It's quite easy, quite accessible. And it's, uh, it's something very exciting. You know, my kids, when they went to school, you know, kids will be talking about, oh, I got a dog, I got a cat. And my daughter says, yeah, well, my dad has 50,000 bees, you know, beat that. Now, at our house, we have all sorts of animals. We've had lizards, we've had frogs, we've had cats, we've had dogs, we've had snakes, you name it. But I've never had bees. In fact, I remember the first time I went to a neighbor's house and he had a concrete pad set up with some white boxes and electric fence all the way around it. And I didn't realize what it was at the time, but it was an electric fence to keep out the bears. He was talking about the bears would come in and eat the honey. How often is that a problem? Okay, yeah. So if you do live out in the wilderness, you're going to have to be careful about bears. Gee, bears, they don't want the honey. It's a misnomer. They actually want the larvae that's in the hive for protein. So they'll rip through a hive just for the larvae for protein for themselves. So yeah, so beekeepers out, out, you know, out in the outback, they will put electric fences around their hives to protect them. Sometimes in the wintertime, like we might get a mouse into our hive. Other than that, You know, you don't really have to worry about it. You know, anything that gets in there, the bees will take care of it. That poor mouse must have very quickly realized he made a tremendous mistake. Oh, yeah. They'll sting them and then they will put they'll put propolis all around it. Like I've had once in a wintertime, a mouse got into one of my hives. The bees stung it to death. Then what they do, they propolize it. Like I spoke up propolis before, put it all around. So it kind of mummifies the mouse. Therefore, it doesn't rot inside the hive. And then uh, somehow, come springtime, we'll take it apart and get it out of the hive. So you mentioned you start in the spring and sort of uh, get started then. How does the flow of beekeeping go throughout the year? Sure. So beekeeping is a spring, summer, and fall activity. Wintertime, 
depending on where you are in the hemisphere, if you're in a colder environment like Toronto, like I am, minus 30 Celsius, whatever that is in Fahrenheit, it's just cold, really cold. So what we do, we wrap up our hives before winter comes. We make sure that the bees have enough honey to survive on. Honey also acts as an insulator for the bees. It keeps them warm. It's also food. Wrap them up, you know, in December time and we pray and then we unwrap them come springtime and hopefully they survive. The environmental concerns right now, there's so much pesticide use that the bees, when they go around and they collect nectar, unfortunately, they also collect, also collect different pesticides and they bring them back to the hives. And if that, those hives are full of pesticides that could affect the hive, it could kill the hive. There's also, there's mites right now that are affecting the hives because the bees are not as strong as they are, as they used to be mainly because of environmental concerns. So let's say if they're all, you know, wrapped up in a hive and they don't go out during winter time, so the, these mites could take over. That's a concern as well. Sometimes, you know, hives just don't make it. And right now in North America, we have about a 50% rate of survival for our bees over winter. And so they call those colony collapses. Is that the phrase that they use? That is correct. That is colony collapse syndrome right there where the bees, they just die for no reason. They just die. We think it could be pesticides. We don't really know. But Well, you're not doing an autopsy on the bees to figure out what's going on. But I am always amazed. I was watching a show about how in California they've got all these different growing seasons and they import bees from across the country. People drive out there and they set up the highs for two weeks or whatever period of time to pollinate all these growing seasons. And then they take the highs and head back home. But the bees are now in a whole different environment, but they know how to get back to the hive. They know how to pollinate and they figure it out. And apparently that's a very common thing because there's just not enough bees to do everything naturally. 100%. Yeah. So as you said earlier in the bio that uh, one out of every four bites of food comes from bees. So a farmer, the last statistic statistic that I read that a farmer will get 200% more yield on his crops if they're pollinated by bees. So it's a big business now for beekeepers to, you know, load up a truck of, you know, 100 to 500 beehives, send them out to a farmer and, you know, it'll stay there during the season and the farmer get, makes money, beekeeper makes money, gets a lot of honey and then they'll ship the bees back to wherever they are. So you have, you know, from Texas to California, here in, in, in Toronto, they'll go out to Manitoba. Um, bees are being shipped all over uh, North America. It's fascinating how the bees help the environment and help us eat and survive. Yeah, you wouldn't think that shipping bees would be a big thing. You're thinking, okay, you got a local honeybees and that's where they stay and you don't move them. But they're shipping these things all over the place. So if you're thinking about for maybe a small business, you know, it could be if you got into it big and like to travel, I suppose, that it's an opportunity. What do you think is the most important thing that someone who's interested in beekeeping and they're a veteran that they should know about your entire program or about beekeeping in general? Sure. I think they will have to get ready for a mindset shift. I think they have to get ready to realize that their life, meaning their emotions, are going to change for the positive, which is going to change other things in their life as well. Beekeeping has had a positive effect on thousands of veterans throughout North America. And, you know, if you haven't tried it, you really should. So before I let you go, I have one last question. What should I have asked you about but didn't? Okay. You know, you asked a lot of good questions, but I guess my message to the veterans right now being that we're, you know, right now we're post-Afghanistan and we're 
pre 9-11. And there's probably a lot of feelings going on amongst the veterans. And, you know, if you need help, just reach out, get help. If it's not my program, America is here for you, veterans. And we love you and we care about you. That's my message right now. That's it. We've been talking with Rabbi Mattis Stebbin. He's the founder of Beekeeping for Veterans, and the website is super easy to find. It's all one word, beekeepingforveterans.com. Rabbi, thank you so much for sharing the knowledge about beekeeping, but also about mindfulness and looking beyond the immediate and learning about all these skills that go with beekeeping and practicing mindfulness as you do it. Thank you so much for joining us on Coming Home Well. Thank you and God bless. Thanks for joining us this week on Coming Home Well with Dr. Tyler Pieron. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and a review. Follow us on Instagram at comminghomewell underscore BTS or on Twitter at comminghomewell. Thanks again. And until all are home and all are well, This is Coming Home Well.